Welcome to the Hop Button. First, a word from our sponsors. Academy Award nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Original Screenplay, Licorice Pizza is the story of Alana Kane and Gary Valentine growing up, running around, and falling in love in the San Fernando Valley, 1973. Written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, the film tracks the treacherous navigation of first love. Empire says Licorice Pizza is Paul Thomas Anderson operating at full capacity, a master at work. Now available to watch in theaters and on digital. Hi, it's David Poland. This is the hot button number 93. The Batman. No spoilers. This film is fascinating to me on so many levels. You've seen writing on the movie. It's a film noir detective piece that happens to be set in Gotham City as designed by Ridley Scott and Gaspar Noé. Credit to Lawrence G. Paul and Elaine Judeau, their production designers. The dick in this one wears a mask. The dame in this one wears a pussy hat. And the bad guy is in the way of the bad guys in the city that the dick isn't really proud of protecting anymore. A classic detective story like this would usually be around 90 minutes, but here it's almost 180, probably because the filmmakers are trying to do what a movie inside of a movie, having to solve one mystery to get to the other, and didn't want to underplay either one. I saw the movie a second time before writing about it because I'm not so sure what I really think. I found it all engaging, but I also found there to be a lot of it. There are so many interesting ideas in terms of storytelling, but then some of them actually become repetitious. In comedy, there's a magic number of three. But there's a club in this movie, no spoilers coming, where Bruce and Batman enter three times during the film. The second time is a callback, direct callback to the first time, which is actually a terrific moment. The third time is clever, but is it really adding something? That, for me, is the riddle of the Batman. When is too much of a good thing? Again, don't want to spoil, but and I'm not. But the final giant set piece is a complex, engaging, full of ideas, and at least one of the most beautiful comic book movie images ever. But there is still a part of me that feels like it was superfluous. If this was a story in which solving the key mysteries seemed too easy to solve, demanding one more complex round of mystery, okay, we've seen that convention before. There's another shooter drop, but after two full hours of movie, with another 45 minutes to come pre-credits, even Imelda Marco's closet might seem too empty for another shoe. There, then there's the central performance. If someone says to you that Robert Pattinson was great, they liked what the movie is. If someone says the performance was too low-key and brought too little emotion to the party, they probably didn't much like what the movie is. It reminds me a little bit of Nightmare Alley, a film that is magnificent in many ways, but also fell a little too in love with the carnival to leave as early as it probably should have. The Batman may spend too much, uh, spend a little too much time in the drudgery of Gotham on its way to the end of the second act and then on to the third. There's an oddly flat moment when the character is finally shown dead after the characters in the film are not sure if they were actually dead. Why isn't the audience more moved by that beat emotionally? This strikes me as one of the keys here. This reveal doesn't really change the emotional journey we're on, and that is a problem. I may also be reacting a bit to, to the repetitions in the film. There are a bunch more than the one I already cited. I had a moment when I found myself musing on Eyes Wide Shut, even, in which two dreams over two nights make up the bulk of the movie, the film keeps coming back to the same places, back to similar terms of phrase, back to ideas we've already engaged already. But this is also one of the things that's really cool about the movie. We, knew how the beat, we know how the beat cop first reacts to Batman, then how he reacts in a second meeting, then how he sees Bruce Wayne, then how they engage a third time as Batman enters a crime scene. I like that. I mean, I really, really like that. But are the storytelling benefits of pace undercut by this kind of side detail? It's hard to really know. It's hard not to like Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle or John Turturro as Carmine Falcone. The magically unrecognizable Fer uh, Colin Farrell plays Oz, probably Copplepot, 
He actually looks enormously like Harvey Weinstein. Great. Paul Dano gives what might be a career-changing performance. His turn reminded me a lot of actually a young Dustin Hoffman. Andy Serkis and Jeff, Jeffrey Wright as Alfred and Gordon, or not commissioner yet, but Gordon, get the job of being Basil Exposition at a few different steps along the way. Wright is particularly burdened by the silence of Batman, though he makes it work as he always does. Reeves is an interesting way as a director in how he manages the big set pieces. He has three of them in the film. In each case, the event at hand starts as one thing and becomes something altogether different. The last one, which is the most visually dramatic, is the only one where the intention to make the flip is made clear before the event. Reeves brings moments of intimacy to each of the big set pieces, but the smaller action moments actually have a higher level of intimacy. And you can see that in some ways, the Batman may have been a better movie with less freedom to destroy big stuff. The darkness of the film gets in its own gets its own monologue at the very start of the film, and I love that opening. It sets up Batman's hyper self awareness in a way that the film will stay true to until the very end. And the thing is, I really do like the movie. As I think about it, scene by scene, idea by idea, I can't really think of any moment that I didn't like. And all of that chocolate cake doesn't make me sick to my stomach by the end. The first time I saw it, I couldn't believe it had been three hours by the time the final credit rolled. Not that I'm happy watching any three-hour movies, but part of me feels just like it's all too much. Part of me feels also like too much is what is special about the movie. It's the long time Bruce Wayne takes to get from this car to the church. It's the care with which the Batman surveys crime scenes. It's the creepy stalker perspectives that don't rush to the point. It's Gordon and Batman just chatting. It's Selina walking through the nightclub. It's the clue that Batman and Gordon chew on for a while before a villain helps them with without thinking of anything about it. It's the long shot that lasts three times as long as most movie would let it, would, movies would let it, in which the penguin actually waddles, etc., etc., etc. This is not only not your parents' Batman, this ain't like any Batman movie we've ever seen. It has a lot of toys, but if you remember the very first Batman movie, Bert, Burton and Keaton, the trailer and the line, where does he get all those wonderful toys, said by the Joker, not in this movie. He has toys, but they aren't fun. They're all utilitarian. So, in the end, this may actually be the best Batman movie. It may also be the least entertaining Batman movie. It's really hard to say. And I guess I'll just have to revisit it again. Until tomorrow.